This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Today is uh, Veterans Weekend, and so besides the flags out front, we want to uh, take an opportunity to uh, invite any of you who are a veteran to stand up for us to share our appreciation for your service to our country. All right, thank you very much. Let us center ourselves for worship. Please stand as you are able and join with me in the call to worship. Come, share the joy of the Lord. Praise God who gives each person a special gift to be nurtured and to share. Lord, we thank you for these gifts. Come, let us worship God who entrusts us with so much. Lord, make us worthy of your love and trust in us. Our opening hymn is number 103. Please stand and continue standing and sing. seated and I would like to invite Janet Todd to come forward on behalf of the Staff Parish Relations Committee to offer a word of appreciation to our non-clerical staff. We are so fortunate here. We have a wonderful staff. I don't know what we would do without them and they've been with us for quite a while, many of us. So today I'd like to introduce them to you. I'd like to have them come up here if I can. Um, Vinia Pavlov is our business manager. 
she deals with all the vendors, the staff, the volunteers, takes care of everything. And in the office with her is Joanna Longo, who is our program secretary. She does all the bulletins, the covenants, gets our restaurants for Monday night meals. Um, we have John Gentry, who is our director of youth ministries and Christian education. And all I can say is he is just wonderful with our youth and has built the program and we so appreciate all of his work. Gloria Hilliard, our director of music, and I think without a doubt, we have the most wonderful music program here of any in the Conejo Valley. Um, Ron McBain, <laughs> our organist, and we so appreciate him. Um, and I don't think Nick Newkirk, who takes care of our Braille Choir and some of the youth choirs, is here today. Also, Karen James, who's the director of our preschool, was not able to be here. Uh, Manuel Poot, who is our custodian, cannot be here. I think he's working. Um, he's been with us for over 20 years, so we really appreciate his service. And we have Patty Boring, who's in the nursery taking care of children, and Lois Jackson. So I just have to say thank you so much to all of you, and please give them a hand again. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, Lois. Thanks, Ron. Thank you, Gloria. Thank you. Rachel and I echo what Janet has said. Um, though we are new to be working with you, you have been um, so marvelous in opening your hearts and sharing your abilities with us. We, uh, we thank you, too, for being good partners in ministry with us. So uh, let's center ourselves and uh, take a breath and be centered for prayer. Holy God, our lives are in your hands. We rejoice in knowing that we are in the hands of a loving God. And however it is that the world unfolds around us, that nothing can shake your love towards us. And should we have the eyes of discernment, we would see that you are with us each moment of every day, supporting us in this life. Help us to see that. Help us to live into your presence in our lives. We are thankful this weekend in particular for those folk who have stepped forward and have shouldered the burden of defending our country, for those who have served in the armed forces over all the years, we thank you for the decisions that they made to make this be a part of their life. For in doing that, they have shared a, a valuing for our lives to keep us safe and to keep our way of life secure. In our prayers today, we honor them. And we would pray, Lord God, that 
we would find ways as we live as citizens nowadays to step forward and strengthen and protect our country that it might live up to the full ideals that these veterans believed in as they served. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. We also pray for the yearnings of our souls, which we can hardly put into word, but trust that the Spirit uplifts those concerns. Be with us. Help us to be faithful disciples of Christ Jesus. Help us to make a difference in our neighborhood, in our community, even in our world, because we claim him as Lord and Savior. In your holy name we pray. Amen. The irony of this song is that um, I did lose everything in California wildfires about 12 years ago, except my faith. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my life. I thank my God in heaven to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. Well, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the ones who died who gave their life for me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Well, there ain't no doubt I love this land, God bless the USA. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time to stand and say, well, I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the ones who died, who gave their life for me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Well, there ain't no doubt 
I love this land. God bless the USA. Well, I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the ones who died, who gave their life for me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Well, there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. And God bless all of you, and God bless this church. Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. Train us a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within us, according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 29. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talents in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I scatter? That I did not reap where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have 
will be taken away. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the ways in which you reach out to us, call us into service, and remind us to live lives that express your goodness to others. Help us to recognize the talents that you have given to each and every one of us and the worth and the value that you place in us so that we might dare greatly and boldly so, so that your kingdom may be made manifest. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord. Amen. Now, some of you may recognize that the distribution of talking today is a little off from what it usually is. Um, this is Sermon 3 of almost, well, I have a voice, but it's a little different, sounds a little different than normal. The, the twins have been going around with stuffy noses and sneezing all week, and I thought I had gotten away with it. And unfortunately, they gave it to me over the weekend. And in an effort to make sure that I could get through the sermon today, Walt has graciously taken on most of the talking roles today. So I thank you for that so that, uh, so that I can talk and not pass on germs to you all at the same time. <laughs> this scripture is one that I remember learning at an early age. I remember being at church on Youth Sunday and one of my brother's best friends preaching on this scripture. I remember her recounting what the scripture says, but not really getting what the scripture was about. And I walked away confused and a little heartbroken because I was concerned about where I fell in the scripture. Because as a 14-year-old, I had a lot of self-doubts, questions about my worth, and questions about who I was supposed to be in the world. And the idea of going out and multiplying intimidated me a little bit. And to be honest, as a 40-year-old woman, there are times where the scripture still confuses me and still bothers me because there are days that I'm concerned that I'm the third slave and not the first slave. There are days that I'm concerned that I am hiding the gifts that God has given to me as opposed to living them out in ways that multiply God's blessing in the world. And, but as I think about that, I think that's a tension that we all live in. Are we the first slave, are we the second slave, or are we the third slave? What does our life represent and what does the scripture say to us about how we're supposed to live in the world? I had the opportunity to hear a story from a man named Francis Chan who was a pastor in the Conejo Valley about 10 years ago. And he talked about being gifted a guitar from a member of his congregation. And this guitar was something that was absolutely beautiful. And he said, I'm going to prize this and I'm going to take care of it so that it doesn't get messed up, it doesn't get marred, and it'll still look as pristine as it did the day that I received it. So he put it in his guitar case, stuck it in the closet, and put it away. A few months later, he came home and discovered his daughter playing the guitar in the front room, and he was taken aback. He was upset at first and said, what are you doing? I put it away so it won't get hurt. And then he had a moment of pause, and he recognized how beautiful the music that was being played on the guitar. 
And he was challenged to think about when we are given gifts, do we worry about whether or not they're marred if they get a little dinged up? Or do we celebrate the gifts that we're giving in such a way that gives honor to the one who gave us those gifts? We as people of faith are given gifts by God on a regular basis. We are given things that are inherently our own because we are beautiful and beloved to God. God claims us as his own and says, you are my precious child. And when we live in a place of shame or doubt or lack of self-worth, we are likely to be like that servant who buries the talent that was given to us, or to be like Francis who hides the guitar in a closet, as opposed to being people who go forth in the world to allow God's light to be made manifest by the gifts that we are given. I've had the opportunity to read a book, or several books by a woman named Brene Brown. She is a social worker out of Houston, Texas, and has been a pro prolific writer over the last 10 or 15 years talking about the ways in which we have a gift of being imperfect, of daring us to, or challenging us to dare greatly, encouraging us to rise strong when we are in the midst of the, the troubles of life, and, and talking about how to brave the wilderness in our world. I haven't gotten to the braving the wilderness part, so I won't talk anything about that one today. It's on my Audible account so that I can listen to it sometime soon, but I haven't, haven't quite gotten there. But I've really appreciated what she's had to say. As a woman who spent most of her career in social work and sociology studying shame, she's learned a lot about wholehearted living at the same time. She's learned about the things that you need to give up so that you can take on the fullness of life. She talks about letting go of the shame, the fear, the anxiety, the need to be perfect, so that we can live in the world in a way that honors who we are, whose we are, and how we were created to be. It, she writes about what it means to stand up and go into the world as people who are vulnerable in putting themselves out there, recognizing that we might not always get it right, recognizing that people might not always receive us the way that we intend to, but being 100% authentic to who we are called to be. When she talks about um, daring greatly, or dare, yes, daring greatly, she takes that from a speech that Theodore Roosevelt issued in 1910. A lot of people refer to it as the man in the arena, but it's actually from a speech called Citizenship, Citizenship in a Republic. And it goes like this. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of the deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows the end, or knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. 
This is a story and a statement about vulnerability. Everything that Brown learned from over the decade of research that she's, had on that she's done on vulnerability has taught her this very lesson. Vulnerability is not about knowing victory or defeat. It's about understanding the necessity of both. It's engaging and it's being all in. As people of faith, we can choose to be all in and recognize that we are rooted in God's love, recognizing the way that God has given us the training and the preparation that we need to go forth into the world. Or we can hide those gifts and those realities in a closet or bury them under the ground where no one can appreciate them. The insecurities that I felt as a 14-year-old and the insecurities that I sometimes feel as a 40-year-old don't end. They need to be acknowledged, they need to be addressed, and they need to be worked through. And I would challenge you that my guess is that some of us who are even further along in years have some of those challenges and those moments of self-doubt and questions of self-worth and wondering how we're being called forward, especially in moments of transition, when we're wondering when the next job's going to come along, when we're wondering how life is going to continue after we've lost a loved one. We can be in those moments of self-doubt. We can question what's next for us. But you're here because God has a purpose for you. God has something, some gift, some talent, some message that you are meant to spread with the world and share with others. I was challenged to read a book called A Man Called Uva by Frederick Bacher? Mm -hmm. Bachman. Um, by Frederick Bachman, who's a story about a man named Uva, given by the title, um, who has given up on life. He has lost his job, his wife has passed away, and the majority of his life is spent going to his wife's grave and figuring out how he can join her in heaven. And through a whole bunch of unfortunate circumstances, every time that he tries to join her, he's brought back to, there's a, per, there's a family in his community that needs his help. He establishes a new relationship with this, with this family, and they end up becoming like a family to him, to the point that the, the little girl in the story ends up calling him grandpa at one point, and it's the first time that he's ever heard that because he and his wife were unable to have children. There are times in our lives where we question what's next for us, who God is calling us to be and where God is calling us to go. But there is something there for us to do. There is something there, something more for us, the next challenge, the next hurdle. And sometimes we have to admit those places in ourselves where we doubt and feel like we're less than so that we can step out boldly in faith relying on that fact that we are rooted in being God's, rooted in God claiming us. I think about all of you veterans who stood up today and how when you either chose to enlist or were called to enlist, you stepped into that first day of basic training and I'm guessing you were sitting there going, what did I get myself into? Because the road was rough but you were given the skills that you needed to make it through, to learn who you needed to be, to make it to the other side. We as people of faith are given the opportunity to learn as well through worship, through being fed on the blessed gift of Holy Communion, through study, through prayer, through community. We are given the gifts that we need so that we can be that first 
servant that goes forth and multiplies God's kingdom. And it's only when we let go of those moments where we are insecure and doubt that we can do it and say, God will give me the gifts that I need that we can go forth and multiply the kingdom. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you. So we get an opportunity to uh, respond to the word of God. That's what the offering is about. One way by which we can uh, live out a response to how God may be uh, prompting us now. Certainly, we hope that you might feel led to be generous through uh, the sharing of your gifts, your resources. Uh, we also hope, though, that as you enjoy the music and as the ushers help to uh, collect the offering, that you'll spend some time in conversation with Jesus about those talents and how it might be that you can unbury them and share them a little bit better than you are now. What might God have in store for you if you took those words to heart?
seated. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, creator and sovereign of the universe. You call the worlds into being, and by your appointment, the seasons come and the seasons go. You bring forth bread from the earth and create the fruit of the vine. You have made us in your image. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We bless you, Lord God, for your boundless love in the redemption of the world by your Son, Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. When he was hungry, he resisted the temptation to make bread for himself, that he might be the bread of life for others. When the multitudes were hungry, he fed them. He broke bread with those whom others scorned. But the greedy, he drove them out of the temple. On the night he offered himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and again he offered you thanks and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And as he continued to appear in their midst, he ate in their presence and he gave them food. In the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. Therefore, recalling your son's death and resurrection, his ascension and his abiding presence through your Holy Spirit, we ask you to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving as a living surrender of ourselves, which we offer in union with Christ's sacrifice for us. Send the power of your Holy Spirit on us, Lord God, on the gifts of our offering, our resources that we share, and on these gifts of bread and juice, that in the breaking of this bread and in the drinking of this juice, we may know the presence of the living Christ, be one body in him cleansed by his blood, faithfully serve him in the world, and look forward to his coming in final victory. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Together, let us join in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. find a hand and uh, connect up with our brothers and sisters. Rooted in love, nurtured in love, go forth in love, confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who meets you in love, and the Holy Spirit who infuses you with love goes with you today and every day for the glory of the kingdom. Amen. <laughs> 